Hi, this is John Beatty, and you're listening to Crusader Chronicles. Read them all. Good job, John. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you, Jerry. You're listening to Crusader Chronicles, Episode 9, featuring Amazing Spider-Man number 153 and X-Men number 97 from November 1975. Welcome to the ninth episode of the Longbox Crusade, Crusader Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, Pat Sampson, and Crusader Chronicles is a spin-off podcast that will journal the comic book issues read chronologically by the release date from my many comic book collection, either in digital or in trade from the many long boxes stashed away in my basement. If you want a little more extra, we go deeper with Longbox Crusade, where we look into the ads, music, and movies of that time. So check out that. But joining me now for this shorter episode is Jared Elbrick, the yard sale artist. That is a prescription for danger. Dun, dun, dun. That that's is it. an excellent waiting to happen. <laughs> that's a prescription for danger. Yeah. And his brother, Jason. Who are you going to call? Weasel Skull. Weasel Skull. Weasel Skull. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to get kind of some kind of a death probe intro like Jason's Weasel yeah. Skull. Death probe! Yeah. Yeah, that'd be fun. Death probe! <laughs> death probe and Weasel Skull. Our fearless leader, Christopher. Still doesn't beat Sweetum, but Chubbins is Sweetum. <laughs> Chubbins and Sweetums, man. They're cops. <laughs> Chubbins. Uh, Chubbins. <laughs> oh, these two crazy guys are going to be joining me on this episode as we will be taking a look at two issues this go-round. So, but before we get started with this episode, let's take a quick podcast promo break and we'll be right back. Books for Beginners, a podcast where your hosts, Chris and Jerry, talk about some great Bat Family stories. Download and enjoy. Part of the BatmanUniverse.net family of podcasts. Bat Books for Beginners. Bat Books. Welcome back from the promo. This first comic issue that we'll be covering is Amazing Spider-Man number 153. It's published by Marvel, got a cover date of February 1976, but an on-sale date of November 11th. 1975. Cover price is only 25 cents with an editor of Len Wein. Title for the story is The Longest Hundred Yards. Writer is Len Wein. 
penciler Ross Andrew, inker Mike Espodito, letterer John Costanza, and colorist is Glennis Ween. So, I mean, these names, I'm, I'm doing them so often, I'm getting them down. I think the only one you're striking on is Esposito. Yeah. <laughs> He's messed up on it so many times, though, that, that uh, Mike's probably just going to change his last name at this point. <laughs> no, he, he wouldn't do that for me. <laughs> Cover credits go to Gil Kane again as the penciler, and inker is John Ramita. Uh, let's take a look at the cover. And, Jared, do you want to describe the cover for us? Eh, good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh. Let's take a look at the cover of some Gil Kane and John Ramita goodness. That's a one-two punch right there, is it not? It is. All yeah. right. It really is. Okay, so we've got a picture of Spider-Man. Thoughts, fellas? <laughs> all right you got spider-man front and center uh doing a big leap forward he's he's uh, holding one arm he's got this this cute little girl in an orange dress he's obviously trying to protect her from these guys on the lower half of the cover and their purple outfits and they're shooting their guns at spideys he jumps through the goalpost of a football stadium you can see some of the wraparound stadium across the bottom as well it's got a blue sky background that goes down and into the stadium it's got the classic amazing spider-man hanging from the web logo that we mentioned every episode because we love it and the marvel comics group banner across the top 25 cent cover price you already mentioned i do believe mm-hmm. and just underneath that you got the neat little imprint of spidey just standing there got a couple of cover blurbs on this one got a box that says a football field becomes a I have a low-res picture of this on my phone, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's... Something Battleground. I can't read the <laughs> word on my phone. Uh, might have to, Weasel Skull's got your back here. Might it's have to edit a, that. <laughs> a football field becomes a raging battleground as Spidey fights to save an innocent child. There you go. And it's got a big explosion blurb on the right that says the deadliest hundred yards. And one of the purple-suited goons who's uh, shooting up at Spidey and the little girl say, Kill him. The web slinger must not escape alive. So that's your cover. Big jump Spider-Man. Hold the little girl. Guys in purple shooting at him in a football stadium. Who's got questions? Well, I guess I'll go. And I got a couple questions. I'm like, I'm kind of wondering what's happening um, with this issue. You know, now that I read it, I know what's going to happen to it. But when I first saw it, I'm like, what's this all about? This is kind of an odd one to me. Yeah, I would agree with that. Art-wise, it's good. I, I like it kind of intense of what's happening he's, he's being fired on and no one's hitting him there's like one two three four five guys <laughs> firing and they're not hitting him spider sense man spider sense yeah uh but definitely well drawn well inked uh great colors on it that would be my thoughts when we go to jason what do you think well i i kind of mirror your thoughts i think that the art obviously is spectacular i think that that ink inker that john romida Guy is going to make a name for himself one day. <laughs> that kid's going places. <laughs> He's going to go places, yeah. Um, but I, I agree with you. I think that uh, there's not really a you know a well-known villain on, on the cover. And the guys on the bottom look kind of goofy. I'm not sure, you know, what those scuba masks are supposed to be for. So, you know, on, on the one hand, there's some action, some tension. And on the other hand, it, it seems just a little uh, a little goofy to me. What are your thoughts, Jared? Uh, same, same. Uh, great, great art skills. Um, I think the lesson here is if you don't have either, a, basically you need to have Spidey alone in a cool pose or Spidey with a a recognizable villain. I think you hit the nail on the head when you said you got these guys who aren't really sure who they are. He's carrying this little girl. And those kind of covers always kind of stand out to me to say, hey, this is 
they they kind of tell me right off the bat that this is not going to have a lot to do with the major story arc going on. In my mind right now, I'm thinking public service announcement or something yes, like yes. that. Yes, yes. Like, like, I feel like there's something, there's like a, uh, it's like a message book or something like that. Well said, Pat. That's that's a good observation. Yeah, that just came to me. Well, uh, I think, why don't we uh, get this over with and just... <laughs> Let's give it a. Let's get to the rating. I hate to say this, but you know, uh, you know we're gonna have some, We're gonna. Yeah, we're gonna have the good. We're gonna have the bad. We're gonna have the in, in between. So let, let's just do this. We'll start with Jared. How Wait, we, is this one through five again? Yeah. Right, well, five? Let me give you the reminder here. <laughs> That's why I have it in the script. I know, and that's why I have it in the script for you, Jason. (laughs) Not for our listeners. No. It's it's all for me. Keep me on track. For our cover ratings on this Crusader Chronicles episodes, we like to rate them a one through three. And one being, put it back in the box. Two, it's a memorable cover. You're going to think back on it and enjoy it. And number three is going to be, that's going to be a frame-worthy cover that you're going to want to put that on your wall and stare at it every day. Uh, So, with that rating system, Jason, do you understand it? I do, yes. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for clarifying. (laughs) Well, well, thank you for asking. I'm I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Let's get to Jared. Jared, what what would you rate this one? Um, it's uh, I'd say it is the uh, I think I'm gonna go ahead and say it's the weakest cover from the Spider-Man run we've done so far. But it's still Gil Kane and John Romita Jr. It's good. It's just subject matter isn't quite there. I'm giving it a two. Ooh. All right. How about Jason? Yeah, I, I I agree with with Jared. I think that the this one's kind of a little bit different. Uh, some of the other covers we looked at, the cover really made me want to open the book and read the story. I think this one, the story is what's going to make this cover memorable to me. But I'll I'll still give it a two for that that purpose. Okay. Well, I see where you guys are going with, it. and I'm tossed right now between a I'm tossed between a, a two and a one. Ooh. Uh, uh, the reason one is Gil Kane. That's no, I, I, not that, but, <laughs> you but I can't think you want a Gil Kane. <laughs> no, I know, I know. I'm, Gil Kane don't get a one, son. No. Don't hate me, guys. Don't hate me. <laughs> you, you do what you want to do. <laughs> yeah. No, but I think uh, now that I know the story and what it's about, I, I, I'm, I'm going to have to go with the two. Made the right I'm decision. Going, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going. Off, I'm going with the two, but that that was my holdup. <sighs> That intervention like, came just in time, folks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't hate me out there, people. Please don't. This is just a podcast. I was thinking about happen. like throwing them off the show, but it reminded me of that that Beavis and Butthead where they're like, you can't really kick Van Halen out of you know Van Halen. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could. You, you might. It might be a better show. You know, Shannon Hager was pretty good. <laughs> All right, with that out of the way, why don't we get to the synopsis and what the story is all about? Jared, go ahead and give it to us. Oh, I'll give it to you. I'll give you the synopsis. While attending a demonstration in radiology, high school student Peter Parker was bitten by a spider which had accidentally been exposed to radioactive rays. Through a miracle of science, Peter soon found that he had gained the spider's powers and had, in effect, Become a human spider. A Spider-Man. Stanley presents The Amazing Spider-Man.
Okay, story synopsis. This story is entitled The Longest Hundred Yards. Spider-Man patrols the city at night in the opening of this issue and catches a pair of thugs who had been robbing cabs throughout the city whilst simultaneously destroying the cab driver's taxi, much to the cab driver's chagrin. The next day, Peter patches things up with Mary Jane at the ESU campus and agrees to help Ned Leeds interview ESU's former star quarterback, now-turned-computer scientist, Dr. Bolton. During the interview, Dr. Bolton tells the story of the time that he ran 90 yards to almost win a big game, but was stopped short just one foot shy of victory. Luckily, Dr. Bolton has moved on and enjoys his wife, daughter, and his computer science career at Stark International. However, it comes to light that Dr. Bolton's daughter has been kidnapped and is being ransomed for an advanced computer component that Bolton has developed. The handoff location? The ESU football field. Peter has to ditch MJ at yet another party to assist Dr. Bolton in recovering his daughter, but he arrives a bit too late. In very poetic fashion, Dr. Bolton has managed to run the length of the field, dodging the gunfire of the evil goons, but unfortunately taking some bullets as well. Unlike his infamous football tale of old, though, the doctor is able to make it to the end zone to protect his daughter from the gunfire. As Spidey takes down the thugs, sadly, Dr. Bolton dies on the field. And he asks Spider-Man, is Mindy safe? Did I make it in time? Spidey, with little Mindy in his arms, replies, yeah, Doc, you made it. The whole hundred yards touchdown and there isn't a dry eye in the house the end thanks jared for that story for that recap it was not as fun as the ones i've done in the past (laughs) (laughs) yeah this well uh let's get into some of the details of this or let's get into some of the what do we want to call this (laughs) bric-a-brac yeah let's get into some of the delve into into it shall we yeah, let, let's delve into it. Let's get into the bric-a-brac. So, it was this a first read or a reread? For me, it was a first read. How about you, Jason? This was a first read for me as well. And Jared? First read. First time club. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> now, let's break it down to some highs and lows. We'll start off with Jason. Well, I think Jared and you, Pat, kind of mentioned it from the get-go. You could really tell by the cover that this was a a filler issue. So this was something that um, you wouldn't necessarily find like in today how they make trades out of uh, all their story arcs. This is one of those that would fall in, you know, in between the cracks if you weren't an avid Spider-Man reader. And having said that, it was really good. It brought it all of the elements of a great Spider-Man story and just a, a a great story in general uh, with heroic moments, romantic tension, kind of the sexual tension between Peter and Mary Jane. And uh, of course the tragedy of, of the uh, father giving up his life for the daughter uh, at the end. I, I think that uh, in spite of this being a, a filler issue, it, uh, it, it really was a great Spider-Man story. Any lows? Uh, the lows, I think the big thing for me is is the the costume characters on the football field. I'm, I, they just look silly. They look silly on the cover. They look silly in the story. And to me, they really detracted from the uh, seriousness and the gravi- gravity of, of the situation. Uh, I, I, I thought you could just have some random thugs be there and it, it would have it would have made it more you know more realistic yeah. i guess is what i'm trying to say um so so there was that uh and 
really that was kind of the 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 biggest the biggest detractor for me. <laughs> I, I was a little shocked that the guy was complaining about running only ninety nine yards. Uh, just shy of the touchdown. I mean, that's a pretty good run back, man. No, it's not his fault they fumbled it at the <laughs> at the one yard line. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think the guy was being a little hard on himself. And, and those guys and the bad guys needed to take off those goggles too, because they if they couldn't shoot him <laughs> running across an open field, I mean, they're not not very good goons. Anyway, those were my lows. All right, uh, let's go to Jared. And yeah, they went in lows. Yeah, they went to the uh, Stormtrooper School of Marksmanship. So <laughs> there's, there's that. Uh, the highs is is I love a issue that has an emotional impact, and this one definitely did. With the uh, closing scene was very very poignant. It bookended the earlier tale of the of the football run. Strangely enough, that's kind of my low as well. Is it's sort of obvious that 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 Lynn just sort of built this story around that that sort of poetic story. And like we said, it's a filler issue. Uh, it's a powerful filler issue, but a filler issue nonetheless, because I was disappointed that we got no further seeds. Uh, if you remember in the last issue we looked at, they had that one page about the homeless guy who was being terrorized oh, yeah. by something. We did not revisit that at all. We did oh, revisit yeah. the, um, the broken uh, relationship with Mary Jane. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> And that that was just funny in and of itself because it was very, you know, very sort of soap opera drama. Like she's giving him the cold shoulder and he's like, well, fine, then I'm leaving. And she's like, wait, no, come back. You know, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> they patch it up only for him to turn around and screw it up. I, I got to Well, we'll get into the the, the, the silly Spidey moment. Uh, LOL. I'll, I'll tell you what my funny one is in a minute. Uh, but the, the yeah, highs, uh, good emotional, very poetic story. Lows, I... I I got very little time for filler issues. This was a good filler issue, but you, you know, take the word good and you still have filler issue. So what do you think, Pat? Yeah, I think too, it's a good filler issue. The story that's told in the beginning by, by what's his name here? Dr. Bolton. Yeah. Dr. Bolton. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, the story that's told by Dr. Bolton is how he was a, you know, a super, or, uh, how he was a football hero. <laughs> sorry. I got excited. um how uh, how he was a football star and just went that 99 yards and almost got to that you know the 100 yards and the touchdown uh, couldn't score it couldn't score it (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Um, (laughs) you guys throwing me off my game here (laughs) point blouses (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and then having that story turn around on, on the opposite end of him going to go after the bad guys. And I still don't understand what that guy, what, what the bad guy was all about, Mr. Payne or whatever. And then he's all in a suit and a hat. And then he has these, his henchmen all in their spacesuits. So I don't know what they are. Look, man, they had a gift card to Party City and they were going to use it. All right. <laughs> but definitely, yeah, it, it was a filler issue. I, I don't really have a lot to a lot to say about it. Some of the, I guess, the highs is you get to see Peter and Mary Jane and Flash or Ned and um, Osborne dancing. <laughs> yes, yes, you do. You get to see them dancing around like that, uh, and you learn that here. kung fu fighting is their song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that is one of my notes here. Is uh, we have kung fu fighting is Peter and Mary Jane's. There, that's their song. That they dance to. <laughs> that's so funny. Kung fu fighting is their song. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> if you're not aware, there's a there's a remix of that by Tom Jones. It's on the Super Cop soundtrack. Oh, I Rival. I mean, Tom Jones and Kung Fu Fighting. Come on, yeah. it rivals the original. Yeah. It's quite good. I have to listen to that. Super Cop is an awesome film as well. Those cats were fast as lightning. Other than that, yeah. We're um, not doing super cop. No. <laughs> uh, I, I think I've learned a new greeting that I might start to do is, greeting, gang, how goes it? Yeah. Peter, as Peter, you should start every podcast with that. Yeah. Greeting, gang, how goes it? Greetings, gang, how new, goes it? That's going to be my new... Uh, I've been out <laughs> fighting Green Goblin. He's a really bad egg. <laughs> Other than that, yeah, boy, this up, this issue, how Peter, and I'm glad Peter did what he did again with Mary Jane, where he's like, I'm just going to blow her off. Fine. You're going to be that way. You be that way. I'm going to go be me. And when she comes around, she's going to come around. And boy, did she come around. Yeah, she did. It didn't, it didn't take her long, that long to, to turn her. Turn she her was like, her. you want a lick? <laughs> yeah. There was, I was like, yeah. Some bizarre sexual innuendos in that scene. Uh, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that one of your silly moments? No, that, that oh, moment okay. just made me frisky. <laughs> yeah, that, that, it made me understand. It made me understand what why Peter hangs around with Mary Jane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was kind of a weird moment. Yeah, and then he says in the next panel something like, "What was it about? Like what? <laughs> wetting his rhubarb?" <laughs> he says, "I wonder if the rain's gonna make the rhubarb wet." Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "What the hell is going on?" I, f- I think I think rain meant his. <laughs> and the rhubarb was her lady garden. I thought the rhubarb was the. <laughs> you got a lot of editing to do. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was odd. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what that meant. Uh, I see. I, I. I'm pretty sure think, I know what it meant. Do you think <laughs> that the rain'll get the rhubarb wet? <laughs> I'll tell you what, guys. Back. I'll take one for the team, and I'll try that out on my wife tonight, and I'll let you know what happens. <laughs> I think uh, I know what's going to happen. <laughs> gonna be like, same what? thing that always happens. happens. <laughs> Just, you know, turn down the lights and hold your lady close and be like, I hope the rain gets the rhubarb wet. <laughs> what, what the hell did you just say? Lights go back on. <laughs> what? This panties flying back up again. It's not a good scene. Uh, <laughs> she got to put on the sweatpants and, you know, tie that thing in a <laughs> double knot. 
All right, we're getting a little bit uh, deeper into this than what we should be. So, uh, yeah. I was so, just wondering if Rain was going to make the rhubarb wet. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a fair question to me. <laughs> anyway, Pat, what are your thoughts on it? But in the way How's Peter, to get, Pat? yeah, the way Peter shrugs her off uh, later on at the dance party in that. I am not not thinking that the rhubarb is going to get wet at all. <laughs> oh, I think the rhubarb is going to say powder dry. Yeah. <laughs> again, he he leaves her alone, and you know she's in a nice, attractive dress again. She's looking very good. Yes, and, and doing some kind of a seventies dance. I have a feeling that she's doing there. So yeah, but he's going to have to water that rhubarb himself tonight. <laughs> Ah, so on the record that Jason's being the difficult one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just thought that was the funniest line. It is a weird line. Yeah. Oh, but I think with that, I think there's, I don't really got much, any other things to really say. It was um, a decent in-between issue. We didn't, uh, like you said, Jared, I guess I didn't realize that, that we didn't find out what was going on, where that mysterious guy was. Um, yeah, uh, I thought that was weird that, I mean, we had time to revisit, you know, the relationship stuff with Peter and MJ, which is great, mm-hmm. but like, couldn't spare a page for that guy? I want to know what's going on with the homeless guy. And Harry Osborne, he has no problem going going ahead and taking over <laughs> Peter's spot right away. He's like, oh, let me get in here with his crazy eyes. He's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, man. Crazy people like wet rhubarb, too. <laughs> <laughs> and Peter just runs off and leaves her with him, man. <laughs> yeah, he just like, yeah, I got better things to do. I'm going to see you later. Uh, but I think with that, um, let's get to the silly Spidey moment. Jared, what would your silly Spidey part be for this? There was a lot of good ones between wet roof arms, and that was just a little too weird for, for, for my, my moment. Uh, that one, we already mentioned the, the – she said, this is our song, and you're like, Kung Fu Fighting is our song. Uh, but ultimately, the one that made me laugh the most, I guess it's just a matter of timing, was where Peter was basically like, he was trying to cut out of there, and he was like, oh, there's Harry Osborne. Come on, Harry. Come on, Harry. Ask if you can cut in. Ask if you can cut in. And he's like, mind if I cut in? He's like, sure, sure, Harry, no problem. See Go ahead and cut in. Bye. I'll go get yeah. punch. <laughs> he was like so happy to get rid of Mary Jane, which is odd <laughs> because she is... She's looking quite fetching in that red dress, but yeah, no, he, he like his eagerness to get rid of her is what made me made me crack up. <laughs> Jason, how about you? Well, uh, yeah, Jared Jared took mine, but I think another <laughs> really really funny one is near the beginning of the story where he um, saves that cab driver from getting getting uh, cab jacked, car jacked, or whatever you want to call it. But just they call like it cab jacking. Good, but uh, yeah. Yeah, he's going to be cab jacking tonight after leaving yeah. Mary Jane on the dance floor. Like, stop, stop it. <laughs> it's a kid's show. It's a kid's show. Oh, sorry. So then he tears the tears, pretty much just totals the the car <laughs> and tries to, <laughs> tries to web the doors back on for the guy. Slams the trunk and the doors fall back off. I thought that was that was pretty humorous and classic Spidey moment. See, uh, and that's mine too. I, I, and my notes, I have it written down as Spidey's Auto Body and Repair Shop. <laughs> <laughs> as he tries to fix the door, and then, hey, look at that! It's uh, just as brand new there, and then shutting the trunk in there. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Uh, other than that, not a lot of. I didn't think there was a lot of other good. It's kind of a a downer. I mean, of an issue. Yeah. In a way. 
Well, decent filler, but I was, I was, I, I'm feeling kind of down on this one because of what happens at the end. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it was it, it definitely ended on a down note, but I mean, I'm not gonna, and maybe I'm going over into the ratings side right now, but I, I, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't hold that against it. I, I think it, I think Len did a great job as a writer should of, of bringing us on kind of a roller coaster ride of emotions we had some humor we had some some romance we had some heroics and then in the end we had uh we had a bit of tragedy so i i think this is kind of the kind of the marvel style it's you know this is the world and the good guys don't always win in the end true well with that why don't we get into the ratings for this one so uh with the ratings just a reminder for those of you that are still learning the system here he means uh, we, me, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to rate this a one through five, and one being is at the lowest, meaning that you didn't, you hated it, two being you didn't like it, three liked it, four really liked it, and a five is you loved it. So let's get into ratings with Jared. Um, I'm going to put this one at a three. Right in the middle of the road, I feel like, um, like Jason mentioned earlier, I wouldn't be part of a trade. It's not required Spidey reading. So uh, if you're collecting all the issues by you, though, it's it's definitely worth having. So middle of the road, three. I'm going to second that three as well. Is uh, I liked it. I think what got me was the, the heart moment with Bolton and his daughter uh, and that story that he gives in the beginning uh, about the football. And then he finally makes the 100 yards and does something because he was putting himself down all before that for not getting that one yard in. Uh, yeah, I, I liked it. Good filler. How about you, Jason? I agree with both of your assessments. I think this was this is a well-crafted story, a little ham-handed maybe, and uh, uh, you know, not like you said, not not really part of the Spidey must-read canon. But I'd give it a three. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you guys this: How do you guys feel? Do you feel you want to continue? Are you interested in reading more, or is this kind of soured you yet? No, nope. not at all. No, I got to no, find what happens that, with that homeless guy. <laughs> no, yeah, I I agree. I think that um, you know it's a, just like any comic book. It kind of has its filler stories as they're getting the main story together. Uh, I I think that that this was a well crafted story. It kind of continued the relationship with Peter and Mary Jane, and and uh, yeah, I'd like to see where it's going. I'd still read it. Okay, good. I, I think so too. I'm. I'm a little down, but I, I kind of want to. I'm still on the ride to can see where we're going to go. But with that, I think that'll take care of this issue. We'll go ahead and take a quick podcast promo break, and we'll be right back with the next. Hello, Paul. Hello. I am Dr. Herfenstafter. Come in, come in, please. Take a seat. Take a seat. What can I do for you today? I uh, just. I just. I can't sleep. I, I I can't focus on anything. The only thing I can think about is like DC events. DC events, as in the comic books. DC events. Yes, yes, the comic book events. Ooh, interesting. Uh, are we we talking things like Crisis on Infinite Earths? Yeah, yeah, totally. That one, yeah. Uh, Infinite Crisis. Yeah, yeah, that one too. Oh, very, very invasion, maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, the, uh, the Genesis? Uh, not so much. No? Oh. Okay, well, 
I think it's really good if you talk about the things that are troubling you in your life. So maybe you should do a podcast about this obsession. What, what, what do you call this obsession? What do you think it is? I think you're a unique case. I've not seen anything like this before in my office. I'm going to suggest that you have what we call DCOCD. What? DCOCD? You are obsessive and compulsive about your DC events. I think you should talk it out, get it out of your system via a podcast. I will help you, my friend. We shall do a podcast together about your DCOCD. Oh, Okay. I won't even charge you for it. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) I don't think I can claim you on benefits. Yeah, it's good. (laughs) When shall we start? Um, I'll get back to you on that. I'll check my I'll check my timetable. (laughs) Cool. Welcome back from the break. The next comic is X-Men number 97, published by Marvel with a cover date of February 1976, but it was on sale on November 25th, 1975. Got a cover price of 25 cents. Uh, editor is Marv Wolfman. The title of the story. The title of the story is... That's okay. The title of the story is My Brother, My Enemy. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, we have a writer as Chris S. Claremont. Words. I like lots of words. <laughs> Penciler is David Cockrum. Inker is Sam Granger. Uh, letterer is Annette K. Colorist is Don Warfield. And we have the cover credits go to Penciler Rich F. Buckler. And Inker is Dave Cockrum. Uh, we got Jason's going to give us a little cover update here. Sure will, Pat. So the cover of X-Men 97, uh, it has prominent in the foreground uh, going head to head is Cyclops squaring off with his uh, brother, uh, Havoc. Cyclops's fire is on the left, firing his optic blast towards Havoc, who's on the right, is firing his uh, energy blast. In the background, we have a, uh, a, a jet that's on fire and running towards us are uh, Storm, Colossus, and Nightcrawler. Uh, The title says, uh, All New, All Different X-Men. This is before it was known as the Uncanny X-Men. Above that is Marvel Comics Group with the approved comics code. A little stamp there. Cover price, uh, I think Pat mentioned, was $0.25. And then the the little uh, top logo has the headshots of uh, the X-Men's Banshee, Colossus, Nightcrawler, Wolverine, Cyclops, and Storm. Uh, we have a couple dialogue boxes on the cover. We got Storm. She's yelling, stay back, my fellow X-Men. This is one battle that Cyclops must fight alone. And then we have a little banner at the foot of the page that says Cyclops versus Havoc in a duel to the death. My brother, my enemy. Uh, so, thoughts, Jared? Oh, this is a cool-looking cover. Lots of action. Front and center with the two brothers uh, squaring off. They both uh, look good. Everything's drawn well. I love the crashed airplane in the background. The other X-Men running up on the fight. The explosive fires, the red and, and orange and yellow uh, from the aircraft exploding in the background. Uh, just brings a lot of, lot of action, a lot of color. 
only thing I might have done differently is like underneath of Cyclops and Havoc, they've sort of got this colored blob of white to pink to magenta. And I, I guess what they're showing is, you know, there's a bright energy happening there, and I get that. But I don't know. It just doesn't play as well as the other colors in the background. But it's, it's a gorgeous cover. Beautiful work. All right, Pat, what are your thoughts? I think it's a really great cover, too. Um, now that Jaron mentions that kind of energy or, or vibe or spotlight that's going on between the two bros, it is a little awkward now looking at it, but... Other than that, I think there's action in the background happening, a plane on fire, the other X-Men coming to help Cyclops, but being told that they can't, and again, Cyclops against his brother. Very, it's very eye-catching cover. I I like it. Great inks, great color. I'm going to give it that, so. Yeah, How about I agree. you, Jason? Yeah, I agree with both of your, your assessments there. I think that that this is really a dynamic cover with a lot of a lot of action, a lot of tension between the the Summers brothers, which will be kind of a theme throughout the X-Men history. So I mean this is kind of one of the first uh events where you pit Cyclops against against Havoc, which is kind of the the old team versus the new team kind of feel as well. Um okay. I love the Love the colors. I love the characters in the background. I'm glad, Jared, you brought up the the energy thing. I should have brought that up in the description of the cover. I think it does a good job of really just highlighting the power that's coming off of uh, both of these two characters. All in all, I think this is a a really strong cover uh, and something that would really grab my attention um, Mm -hmm. on the rack. Yeah, definitely. I think so, too. Definitely an eye-catching cover. Why don't we go and uh, let's get some ratings out of the way here for the cover. Let's start with Jarrett. Jarrett, what would you rate this in our cover rating? Man, this is a tough one. One, so, two, th- one two, three. I know. Like, it's either like a, a really strong two. You could bump it up into three. Mm, yeah. Oh, man. I I like it a lot, but not quite iconic enough for a three. It's a really strong two from me. All right. I am going to... Yeah, I'm gonna give it a three. I like this cover. Woo! Yeah, nice. Give it a three. Yeah. Oh, got a three I, from Pat. Yeah, it's not hard to get one, but well, I suppose it is. But <laughs> uh, I, I think this this cover is to me. I I know that there's friction between him and his brother. I don't know really a lot about what. So that's what I'm kind of really interested in, in learning about on this through this series too, as well as that background family dynamics that also happen not only with the team but with also you know the individuals as well well yeah i'm gonna give i I like this cover it it pops to me nothing wrong with that Uh, jason oh as much as i'd love to give it a three it doesn't quite reach that level to me um not enough wolverine on this cover that's been a problem (laughs) with the x-men i'm just kidding (laughs) no in all seriousness yeah i'm gonna give it a very strong two plus um I think that it's oh, – I'm with Jared. It's really close to a three for me. The, the action uh, is, is is really good. There's there's really nothing wrong with it. Um, it's just not one of the iconic covers that I think about when I think about the, um, the X-Men run. So two for me. Right. Got you down for a two. So we're a little divided here, but that's all right. To each their own. Why don't we get into the story synopsis? Jason, go ahead and provide us. Okay, Pat. Cyclops, Storm, Banshee, Nightcrawler, Wolverine, Colossus, Children of the Atom, Students of Charles Xavier, Mutants. 
feared and hated by the world they have sworn to protect. These are the strangest heroes of all. These are the X-Men. Stanley presents the Uncanny X-Men. is called My Brother, My Enemy, and it opens in the midst of Xavier having a terrible dream in which alien spacecraft are locked in a deadly battle. So in his dream, a mysterious figure is about to be revealed when the professor suddenly wakes up. Professor X reveals to his old friend Moira McTaggart that this has been a recurring dream he's been having for some time now. So the story then cuts to a rustic cabin in Rio Diablo, where doctoral candidates and new lovers Alex Summers a.k.a. Havoc, and Lorna Dane, a.k.a. Polaris, uh, begin their day. So everything's looking routine until Lorna is attacked by a mysterious assailant. After hearing his paramours cry for help, Alex runs back only to be rendered unconscious by Lorna herself. A mysterious figure in red reveals that the three of them are going to kill Charles Xavier. So we cut again to Kennedy International Airport, where the X-Men, Sans Wolverine, and Banshee are gathered to send off Charles to his long overdue vacation. All seems normal until they are suddenly attacked by Polaris and Havoc. Jean is quickly rendered unconscious, and the deceitful duo turn their deadly attention to an airplane full of passengers, one of whom is Professor X. Before Havoc can incinerate the plane, he is tackled by Nightcrawler. Havoc reveals to Nightcrawler and Cyclops that he does not have control of his body, and the mastermind behind this plot reveals himself to be Eric the Red. The battle rages on with Cyclops fighting Havoc, Colossus, and Nightcrawler, brawling with Eric the Red, and Storm and Polaris unleashing their fantastic abilities against each other. When Wolverine and Banshee arrive on the scene, however, the villainous Eric decides discretion is the better part of valor and flies off. To the ire of Wolverine, Cyclops can't bring himself to fire his optic glass to stop them for fear of wounding his brother. The team ends up arguing with each other, and Wolverine is even pimp-slapped by a pissed-off Cyclops. All of this we see at the end is being viewed remotely by a smug and satisfied Dr. Lang. Back to you, Pat. Thanks for that great synopsis. Uh, let's get into the bric-a-brac for this issue. <laughs> the potpourri. 
That yes, will, if you will, first. yes. Uh, and that being, let's go with the first read or reread. Um, again, this is for me. It will be my first read through this one. How about you, Jason? Uh, this is a reread for me. All right, good. So then you should be able to tell us a little more information. I'll, I'll ask in a little bit. He kind of Jared. already has. This is <laughs> this is a first read. When I read Jason's uh, first read for me, by the way, when I read Jason's synopsis, and he was like, "We see Doctor Lang," I was like, oh, "Okay." Well, guess that, that was Dr. Lang. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dr. Lang, if you remember, was in the previous episode. Yes. Was he? I didn't remember yeah, that. The, Sentinel. Yeah. the dude with the tracksuit, man. Oh, it's that yeah. tracksuit guy. Tracksuit dude. Didn't recognize him without a tracksuit. <laughs> no, he still <laughs> he had still, the tracksuit on. He still on. has his tracksuit on. <laughs> oh, man. I've been drinking. <laughs> so, Jared, you said it was a first read? First read, yeah. Okay. All right. With that, then let's get into the highs and lows. We'll go with Jason. Well, I, I think the the highs are the uh, action in here is is pretty spectacular. You got got uh, a great battle between Havoc and Cyclops. The, I, I really love the battle between Colossus and Nightcrawler teaming up against Eric the Red and Colossus throwing the tire and and Eric the Red and everything else. It really shows the the, the power and the, the camaraderie of those two. The art is just gorgeous. It plants the seed for the upcoming, you know, Star Jammers and and Shi'ar Empire events that will come later on in, in the book. And uh, yeah, all in all, I thought it was a really strong, strong issue. And low points aren't really too many. I mean, we talked about, I think Chris Claremont got paid by the word. You know, there are some, there, I think it, it's a little heavy on, on dialogue. They throw Eric the Red in here, and I'm afraid you're going to ask me, like, who he is and what his powers are. And That's I honestly, what I was going to ask you, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. Because he even says, anyone remember Sykes' epic portrayal from X-Men number 51 and 52? No. No. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> and, uh, so, I mean, right. I'm, I'm gathering he has, like, super strength and some sort of mental ability to control uh, to control the X-Men, but I read this a long time ago and I really, I really don't remember. Whoops. Yeah. It sounds like, it sounds like in reading this, it sounded like Cyclops was Eric the Red. Yeah. I remember vaguely that, that, yeah, he took on the mantle of Eric the Red. Uh, this has been referenced a couple times, but it's kind of like, I think it was in the older run. And to be honest, I, I didn't really start reading X-Men until okay. around this time. So, I mean, I, 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 I'm not sure. I'm not sure what, what Eric the Red's powers are. I don't know, you know, what Eric the Red's character is re- in relation to Cyclops. And hopefully we'll find out as the story progresses. Boy, I was hoping you'd have a little more information for me, but I guess not on this one. Nope, I can make something up, but you, you'll all just uncover cover the truth <laughs> later on, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you made that but, up. <laughs> uh, you did. Um, you did mention the space battle that was going on too. Um, you said that was between uh, what two? Well, the space battle. Um, this I, I do know a little bit more about. See, this is um, the the character uh, Lilandra uh, will become prevalent uh, in the in the stories to come, and she is actually a creature that's an alien race that's reaching out for help and professor X's 
mental telepathy is picking up on that. And we'll find that out later. And so the X-Men will actually go into space to help her fight, you know, an evil ruler, so to speak. And uh, along the way, we'll be introduced to the character of the Star Jammers, uh, including Corsair, who happens to who will turn out to be Cyclops and and Havoc's father. Hmm. Spoilers. Yeah, so there's some spoilers there. I don't know how much you wanna you wanna share that with the listeners or or not, but that's happening. Well, I'm sure if they haven't read this through yet, then uh, just like me, I, I'm I'm still learning as I go. But if they haven't read this through, I don't think we're spoiling anything for people right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I do have just looking up a little biography on Eric the Red. Mm-hmm. The identity of uh, Eric the Red was first used by Cyclops in X Men number fifty one. Uh, Back in December of 1968, uh, Cyclops pretended to be a mutant supervillain to infiltrate a group of mutants led by Mesmero Mesmero, and a robot pretending to be Magneto, who had captured the rest of the X-Men. Cyclops' Eric the Red costume included a mask and gloves and redirected his optic blast so that they were fired from his hands. Ah, okay. There's a little bit more, but I'm not going to get into it right now because... I don't want to give away anything else that I'm reading. <laughs> uh, but that's a little histrionic, a quick idea of who Eric the Red was. So I'm, I was kind of wondering that. I'm like, well, who is this? Yeah, I was too. Uh, I, 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 I've heard the character reference before, but and I, I knew that Cyclops had taken on his mantle, but I didn't know the whys and, and wherefores of that story. Anything else, Jason, on the highs and lows for this? No, I think that about sums it up. I thought it was a good story. Jared? Well, all right. Um, the highs for me, uh, much like Jason, the action was really good. Uh, I'm a big Nightcrawler and Colossus guy, so seeing the two of those guys work together was excellent. I think my highest of the highs was um, I really liked Storm in this. Storm, mm-hmm, yeah. She was portrayed very strongly, going toe-to-toe with Polaris, giving mm-hmm. a little bit of what for to Wolverine, like not even backing down to probably arguably the most scary member of the team. Just a lot of strong Storm, which I thought was pretty cool. Well, add a little extra segment here is, who would be your X-Men that went the extra mile? The extra mile? <laughs> yes. Uh, I would probably give it to Storm. Well, I would, too. How about you, Jason? Oh, yeah, I'd say Storm. You could make a strong argument for Colossus for going toe-to-toe with Eric the Red. And and just when he ca- – I, I love that scene when Eric the Red punches him into the plane and then you just see that armored fist come out of there and, and Colossus just <laughs> wails on him. I thought that was pretty pretty cool as well. So, yeah, I'd, I'd say co-champions are Storm and, and Colossus on this one. All right. And I, I would pick Storm. I, I thought, I thought through this all, she was, she went above and beyond. She did the extra. She did. She got, uh, she did get Jean Grey to safety too. I forgot about that part. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. It's Storm. Okay. Well, you don't have to change your mind. You know, don't. don't no, do no. I was, I was reading. I was looking back <laughs> through it as I was making my argument. And although Colossus's part was really cool, Storm, Storm did manage to save Jean Grey's life and take out. Polaris, so Polaris. that's that's pretty impressive. And she gave and I, what and, for Wolverine. Yeah, and I think she was she was more she was more leading the team too. I think because of Scott's the Cyclops not being all there with him right. fighting his brother too. So it won't be the first yeah. time that that happens, or the last time that that happens, rather. 
I'll have to look forward to that one. Let's get back to Jarrett. Go ahead. Sorry to interrupt you. Oh, that's clever. I do it to you all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Those are pretty much my highs. Um, Lows, uh, I don't know anything about Eric the Red. I mean, that's... But I guess we're yeah. nobody really does at this point, so I can't. They gave like that. a half page panel to his to Eric the Red. You're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, hey, I mean, he's got an okay <laughs> costume. Oh, it's I Eric. Guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they give him a big name too. Yeah. You're Eric the Red, and you're all oh, in red. Yeah. <laughs> a little on the nose, but okay, <laughs> but okay. Um, the only down slow that I have is I, and this is just me personally. Comics tend to lose me when they go cosmic. It's mm. I, I, I like like I like Green Lantern, but I, it's hard for me to get into Green Lantern because there's like so many possibilities. I like to have a very grounded, very earthly story. So when Professor X started having his nightmares at the beginning, I knew enough about X Men to go. I think this has something to do with the Shi'ar and Lalandra. I wasn't sure, but I, and I and then my heart sunk a little because those were the stories that I was always like. Eh. <laughs> eh, most everything loses me when it goes cosmic. I need I need the grounding of of quote unquote reality. I know it's comic books, but I I need that anchor point. You know, it, it's hard for me to get into Thor when Thor goes to Asgard because there's like you can answer any question with well, it's magic. Well, it's space stuff. You know. But okay, but you like Star Wars? I do. I'm confused. Well, I'm a mystery man. I'm wrapped in a riddle. <laughs> that that Pegasus and the Nick. Well, I again, guess. well, Star Wars's entire universe is based out there. So I'm in. I'm invested in, the, in their whole universe. Their whole universe has rules for the most part. But Take you like at, Guardians of the Galaxy? I do. Yeah. I do like Guardians of the Galaxy. That's just because it's very funny. I mean, I like the movies. I don't know if I like the comics. But the movies are very entertaining to me. But like so I said, not, with the comics, so you're not a you're not a Marvel cosmic guy. Either. I'm not a big cosmic guy. Yeah, it's hard for me to get into those stories. Oh. Like I said, same thing with like Green Lantern for DC. I like Green mm-hmm. Lantern, but when he's doing Earth stuff, I like it. When he starts getting cosmic, it just loses me a little. I'm not saying I don't like it. It's just not my no, cup no. of tea. It just I just go okay, and I I, I get through it. So anyway, that's it. I hear you. I hear you. Anything else? I like Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see my baseball? <laughs> well, I think on that. But I do prefer uh, Star Trek, which is more grounded in yeah, reality. Really? Okay. I see what you're saying. When it gets a little out of reality, mm-hmm. that's just not your. That's not just. That's not. Don't get reality. me started on fantasy either, man. I'm just not a big Lord of the Rings guy. I, mm-hmm. Very few fantasy properties get me going. Uh-uh. Do what I want. Okay. Yep, <laughs> I do. guess you do. <laughs> Everybody ha- each has their own opinion, and that's fine. I'll cross Jarrett's name off and seven them on the next <laughs> Oh, wait, I was hard. The mic's on. So. Yeah, you did not mute. <laughs> so, anything else, Jared, on your highs and lows for this? No, I think, I think I covered it. All right. Well, let's get into me. Um, uh, let's. I got a few things, and one is a space battle. I liked it. I The way it was drawn and you would. how it looked. <laughs> I, yeah. I loved it, That's too. I don't, I yeah. Don't let him eat. And I didn't, I didn't know nothing about it with the CR or whatever you're all that. I didn't know nothing about that. So I just liked how it looked and looked uh, really interesting. And I wanted to learn a little bit more about it. Uh, other things in my notes here is uh, as they're taking Professor X to the airport, uh, he starts rambling about things he needs to uh, make sure he keeps an eye out for and does. And one of them is this. My, my thought that I wrote down here is if Professor X has to avoid great white sharks, 
How does he swim? Well, <laughs> I'm glad he brought that up. Because <laughs> I noticed, too, that, like, <laughs> kick and pat, kick. Paddle, paddle. <laughs> I, I laughed a little bit at sort of the the a little bit of retrograde politics of this book because if you notice he was he was being a little sarcastic with Gene because mm-hmm. Gene was like absolutely like henpeck mother henning yeah and <laughs> being like very sort of stereotypical womany you know like I said a little retrograde po- politically Gene was definitely playing the role of, of sort of just sort of nagging him and henpecking him. <laughs> I just thought that was kind of funny. They did something else that was very uh, a little woman condescending as, as well later on. Mm. I can't remember what it was. I have to go back and look. It was a one-two punch of uh, of a little bit of like seventy sexism, very mild. Yeah. But I noticed it. Well, and then speaking uh, kind of on the seventies uh, here too in my notes, I got pilots Reese and Clancy. <laughs> Clancy, that's like just a classic older. Name and it just I, I like and, it and Reese yeah oh I remember what it was now they they also like he mentioned that Banshee was hanging out with Mortimer McTaggart and Gene was like Banshee and Mortimer McTaggart interesting yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like man they just they just made her as as stereotypical seventies woman as they could <laughs> uh, sorry anyway proceed no, that, that's fine. I no, lived I, I, I lived that... to interrupt you. Yeah, nope, that, and that's what I live to make sure you interrupt me. So I say <laughs> this is a good relationship. We're going to yin in the yang here. Banshee is going to see uh, if the raven is going to get the shamrock wet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you uh, thought you were done there, editing yeah, that. I thought so. He's uh, lucky she may have kissed the Blarney Stone. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they don't show up in this issue, so who knows? Doesn't Fancy show up near the end? Doesn't like he and does he show up in yeah. Wolverine at the end? Yeah, they come. Oh, they yeah. come in. Right. They come in at the end. It's it's not really shown, but it's hinted at nothing. that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's their arrival that really sends Eric the Reds. Like, yeah. Yeah, like two more people. Two more people show up, and he's like, "Oh, I got to go now." Yeah. Well, I mean, the X Men were handling him pretty well. Then you throw Banshee and Wolverine in there too. Yeah, you know, discretion was the better part of valor. So Took off. Well, back to some of my notes here. Let's see. I have uh, well, I had who's Eric the Red, but we kind of answered that. Uh, another part of my notes is uh, Cy- Cyclops says, and he gives a. I'm thinking it's a Judas Priest line. He says, "You got another think coming." <laughs> you got another think coming. Am I? Was that just in my reading it, or did you? Was the word think in yours as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, right. that's I, I'm, I'm with you. But well, that's a typo, and I'm assuming that I would assume. I, I think people, different people, use that phrase different because I've heard another thing coming and another think coming both. Oh, I've never heard of think coming. I, I think he was trying to be funny because because I'm trying to find the part in here now, but because he said, "I know you thought something, but you got another think coming," like <laughs> like it's play on words, you know. Mm-hmm. Don't do comedy, Cyclops. <laughs> no, comedy's not a thing. It's really not. Let's try to see where... It's... If you need surly leadership, you go to Cyclops. <laughs> <laughs> so there was two parts in this issue that I thought uh, had song parts. And one was the, that part for Cyclops where he says, You got another thing. I'm here in Judas Priest. And you got another thing. <laughs>
And then going back to uh, where Polaris is, where we where we meet Polaris, uh, she's kind of cleaning up the kitchen, and she goes, "I feel like a woman." I'm thinking of Shannon Oh, that one. I went older. Yeah. Uh, you make me feel like a sexual woman. I think that's a lyric that Jason just made up. <laughs> it's natural I woman. I think the lyric thing. is natural woman. <laughs> How is it? I thought it was sexual. <laughs> uh, oh, well. no. Because it is okay. That's a, that brings a good. Uh, awesome. A few other things. A few other things on my list. Uh, <laughs> Going back to Pat's list. Pat's <laughs> list. Uh, just some fun names that I heard uh, that were said throughout this. Is one would be they they named Eric the Red as Horned One. <laughs> um, okay. Right, right away, somebody shows up and you got a nickname for him. Uh, what's his name? Um, Havoc? No. Polaris? Um, boy, what? No, Batman? Um, um, no. Robin? No. Green Lantern? Green Arrow? Uh, Night, Night, uh, Nightwing? James Bond? Oh. No, 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 no. Nightcrawler? Nightfire. Nightcrawler, yes. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Nightcrawler is known as Elf. That's right. And then uh, I think somebody calls uh, Cyclops Boss Man. Like a boss. <laughs> I like that. Hey, Boss Man. A pimp slap um, Wolverine. Yeah. Like a boss. I think it was Wolverine calling that. He's like, he's like, you know, take a shot, boss man. Yeah, yeah, Ro- yeah. Wolverine calls him boss man. I kind of like, hey, boss man, fun word. Um, but yeah, I kind of feel for Cyclops here because first, you know, he's having he's having a bad few issues or, or so after you know with Thunderbird's death. Now he has to fight his brother. He's not. He's not got a lot going on for him. Yeah, Cyclops is leading the leading the rough life, man. Like his girlfriend left, yeah. and he stayed on the team, and now yeah, he's that too, yeah. got no girlfriend. He's kind of just getting in, in in energy fights with his brother. Mm-hmm. It's not a good not a good time. Yeah. But Storm stepped up, like you said, gave us some shades of what she would become later on in the eighties as the team leader. Yeah. So this bro battle made me have an idea. If you guys were have to have a bro battle between you two, mm-hmm. who would win? Do we have powers? Or? <laughs> yeah. Well, let me ask you this: Who? Okay, if you guys had a bro battle, would you? Who would be Cyclops and who would be Havoc between the Albrecht Bros? Man, I don't know enough about the X Men. I'd have to defer to Jason. Well, I, I mean, I think if you just went age-wise, I mean, I'd be Cyclops and he'd be Havoc if you would. That would make, yeah, that would make sense. I, that was my instinct. Okay. I was like, well, I but, think Cyclops is the older brother. But, you know. And Jason's and, a little more, um, like, uh, cooler head. I'm a more of a hothead. I think Havoc is more of the hothead of the two of them. Yeah, I guess that's oh. true. That's true. But I think you, I think much like uh, Cyclops and and Havoc, nobody wins. You know, there's there's there's, <laughs> there's no there's no winning in a situation like that. It's like it's like a pudding eating contest. Not, nobody really wins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> well, but I no, in summary, I would totally be Jason's ass. Well, moving on. Okay. <laughs> well, if you think you can do that, Jason, no. are you up to it? We can do a battle We're right now. <laughs> We're going to do a battle right now. Dude. It's going to be a paper, rock, scissors. Chubbins doesn't fight Sweetums. <laughs> Chubbins, put your fist down. <laughs> oh, we're doing a paper, rock, scissors battle? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I will give you, I'll count to three, and then both of you have to say what you're, what it's going to be. So, And we'll see who wins the bro battle. All right. It's for all Ready? the marbles. Oh, right. Here it goes. One, two, three. Scissors. Rock. Jason. <laughs> yep. There you go. There you go. A cheater. A cheater. Disqualified. <laughs> I was good. Oh. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> you're trying to hold it in. <laughs> so the game was up. I heard scissors. Yeah. <laughs> I oh, figured Jason. you guys wouldn't figure. You guys wouldn't want to play straight. I played it straight. All right, I'll play yeah. it straight. Go for it. Maybe just right. pick a number between one and ten. How's that? Sound? <laughs> yeah, maybe that's better. Yeah, you you, or, you or, write you write down a number between one and ten, or think of a number between one and ten, and then whoever gets closest. All right. I got it. All right. Go. Who wants to go first? See, that's the danger. Whoever goes first, the other guy plays the odds. I'm going to go. I, right. I'll go first because uh, I'm I'm the hothead. Shoot from the hip. Uh, and I'll give Jason the odds. Uh, I'll take three. And if Jason's smart, he'll take four. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take seven. Oh, and Jason is the winner. Oh, was I was defeated. Oh. I will return. All right. Well, until the next battle between the bros, summer bros, we'll have to see who will win the next battle between the all brick bros. If, can, if we can were, Can you though. see this card? Can you see these? <laughs> can you see <laughs> Ghostbusters reference. Uh, I like to, to, uh, to think that if Jason and I were the Summers brothers and I was Havoc, and he was Cyclops, and we were about to battle. I would not waste that opportunity to say, don't laze me, bro. (laughs) (laughs) I'm about to suck you out. (laughs) Don't laze me, bro. Well, uh, if there's nothing else to discuss, why don't we get to the ratings? Oh, ratings time. Let's do it. Let's read it. All right, all right. We got to tell the listeners what the ratings are again, or no, we don't need to. Okay, <laughs> tell Jason. <Got> it. <laughs> it's going to be a, it's going to be our ratings one through five. You've heard it before, right? 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 In the in the last segment. Okay. okay. So let's get to it, Jared. I think this is my favorite issue of X Men that we've read since we started this chronicles i'm gonna give it a four oh very interesting even though i'm not big on the space stuff giving it a four i'm gonna give it a four too i like this issue i think there was a good action going on i'm intrigued about the space stuff that's happening like i said before i feel sorry for cyclops a little bit and i want to know who this eric the red guy is and you know that could turn his brother against him and his brother's girlfriend against him so yeah, I, I like this one, Jason. How about you? Um, yeah, I'm hovering between a three and a four. And since I mean, I think I gave the Spider-Man one a three. I, I, this is a much better story, so I think this will rate a four for me. Uh, there is a lot going on. I like the seeds that are planted about the Shi'ar storyline that's coming up. I liked the ongoing character development. Um, I think all in all, this was a really good issue that had um, 
that moved the the X-Men saga forward and had a lot of great Mm -hmm. uh, action and art in it as well. All right. I I think, I think you're right there. I think this one out of the two definitely moved the stories going further into it. Yeah. Even though it was a long, this one was kind of drawn out, but that's all right. It it still had something going on here that kept me interested with the Spider-Man one. uh, I wasn't just, wasn't totally interested into it, but it still wasn't a bad story. Yeah, no, although sense. yeah, although I, I I tease about Chris Claremont being rather wordy, and and he is known for being rather wordy. I mean, he came up with some really brilliant ideas and wrote some some great X Men stories along the way. And this is uh, mm-hmm. this is just uh, one of the, the the early issues that demonstrates how good uh, this run is going to be. All right, uh, with that, I think let's go into the poll. Jared, do you have the poll ready? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I'm not going to take that softball. You just lobbed it to you, but <laughs> not gonna take oh, I just heard it in my head. Sorry, <laughs> you're not going to take that softball with your pole. <laughs> Anyways, you can edit right to this point. Yes, Pat, I have the Twitter poll. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Pat, I have the Twitter poll here. Uh, we threw out there on the Twitter both the covers. And told the public, you know, vote for which one you think is best. And what is surprising is the public rose up against us. Uh, we mm. here at the Longbox Crusade Crusader Chronicles determined that we liked the X-Men number 97 cover the best. But the people voted for Amazing Spider-Man 153. He took 64% of the vote over the 36% of the Uncanny X-Men. So congratulations, Spidey. Oh. Gil Kane, you win again. Still the champion. Yeah, that, yeah, still the champ. Yeah, that's must be something about that one that people like. Yeah, well, I like, often wonder, and and I, I could I could see a case for the art either way. Honestly, mm-hmm. I often wonder though. I think a lot of times on Twitter polls, people just just I don't. I wonder if they actually look at those covers or if they go, "Oh, I like Spider Man better than X Men." <laughs> you know, just <laughs> oh, as as a too. character. You know. Yeah, that could be too. Tell us your thoughts if you chose otherwise and what made you pick that cover. And we'll read it in the next segment of our Crusade or Chronicle comments. Um, but I think with that, why don't we take a quick podcast promo break and we'll be right back with the Chronicle comments. Stop and listen! Stop and listen to me! Listen! Listen! Listen to me! You're not human! Everyone! They're here already! You're next! November 4th, 1988. Earth is invaded by an alien alliance composed of several species, including the Dominators, the Kuns, the Tanagarians, and the Durlins. And they want our superheroes. Even though Australia has been decimated, the United Nations response is unequivocal. Drop dead. First Strike, the Invasion podcast, takes you back to that moment in time and covers the entire Invasion DC Comics crossover, issue by issue, tie-in by tie-in. Join Bass and Siskoid at fireandwaterpodcast.com or on iTunes. First Strike, the Invasion Podcast, a proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Remember, Melbourne. Welcome back from the break. Now, let's get to the feedback part of the show where we share your comments, emails, questions, likes, and shares in a segment called Crusader Comments. Please take a moment to write a review on iTunes for this podcast. Even if you just want to keep it short with the Just Star ratings, it helps raise the profile of the show, and we will share your review on the next show. Now we'll go to social media likes, shares, and retweets from Ken Solo. Thanks, Ken. Cheap comic websites. Thanks. Cheap. 
Websites. Bubba Calgar. Thanks, Bubba. Firestorm fan, which is our friend, the Irredeemable Shag. We have uh, Chris at BTO and Bat Books. Let it roll! Down the highway. It's my turn. Weasel Skull. Uh, who are you going to call? Okay. <laughs> Weasel Skull. There you go. You guys got it. Film and Water Podcast. Great podcast. Thanks for, uh, lis- uh, thanks for giving us a listen, guys. Oh, this is sweet serendipity. Two two rounds of sweet serendipity coming our way. Uh, we got the guy uh, Gerard Albrich, the yard sale artist. Thanks for listening, Gerard. Uh, personally, I <laughs> you know I, I I think that you know there's not really anything more egotistical than reading your own name on air. Uh, I'm a little embarrassed. Next, we have Delvin at the <laughs> 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 Now we have uh, Iowa's very own Joe Crawford. Thank you, Joe. Then we've oh. got for the non-discerning reader, but I don't care. <laughs> oh, I get the joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. Thanks, non-discerning reader. Then we've got Mi Amigo, El Guapo, Pat Samson. A.K.A. Cristados. A.K.A. DJ Cristados. Would you say he has a plethora of opinions? See. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we have Huey C. Comics. Ah, see what he did there. Yeah. Spelled out comics. Ah, all right. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, um, (laughs) once an episode, folks. Once an episode. Yep. I'm I'm just so uh, enjoying the time. Uh, We have next, we have Julie Jansen. Yeah, we need help, Julie. Yep. I was, I was waiting for people to laugh. It's like a. It's my wife. It's That's a well oiled machine. Uh, I, I know it's your wife. wife. I knew it was your wife, too. I'm just. I was unclear. Uh, <laughs> I was keeping it clean. All right. Next we have William Glover. Thanks, William. <laughs> Photo just went to sleep. Uh, Coffee and Comics. Coffee and Comics is we're gonna take it home with Coffee and Comics. Thank, I think that's Clinton. Thanks, yep, thanks for uh, thanks for listening, Clinton over there at Coffee and Comics. We appreciate it. Nice Coffee and Comics. Those are two good things. Yeah, two of my favorite things right there. We will be moving on now, uh, going to social media replies and comments. And for this first conversation, since most of us are a part of it, we will be reading our roles, and then we will have Pat. Uh, doing a special rendition uh, for Bubba, Ka- Bubba Calgar. So, uh, let's go ahead and start, Jared. All right, the always wise and witty Jared Albert, the artist, sale artist, starts the conversation with, I hesitate to let at Van Allen Plexico know that he gets brought up at around the 11 minute and 30 second mark. And then Delvin, the dark web, says, Stilt Man? And then Weasel Skull jumps in and, and with his professional analysis says, that's just a cry for help. To which Bubba Kelgar replies, We need a Still Man special episode. Great job, guys. <laughs> that's just, uh, as a reminder, that's just a reference to uh, Van Allen Plexico's admitting that Stilt Man is one of his favorite villains. 
I, I still I still call shenanigans on that. That is not true. <laughs> so we, we will move on to a uh, next conversation where um looks like uh we're getting high off our own supply here. But you know what? It is. So um, I think this was in reference uh, to uh, the posting of the podcast um, that Pat mistakenly uh, listed as 151. And I was just quick to correct by saying asterisk 152. I jumped in the conversation and said, leave Pat alone. He has a hard time with words. And I said, but these are the numbers. (laughs) True enough. (laughs) And I cried. (laughs) Okay, um, for this next conversation, I believe that Jason should play the role of Clinton Robeson, and Pat should play the role of himself. But before we do that, though, if, if Jason's going to play it, he has to, we're going to scam down, and he has to either pick one of these three uh, voices. Either it's going to be Christopher Lloyd, uh-huh. Sean Connery, or Burgess Meredith as the Penguin. Can you do any of those? It doesn't matter. Or maybe Burgess Meredith as the penguin I could probably do. I'll try that okay. one. You pick one. Okay. I'll do Sean Connery. Shut up. Another great episode. You guys kept cracking me up, but I honestly spit my gum out when Tummy Feathers came back up. <laughs> that was good stuff. <laughs> to which Pat Sampson replies, thanks for listening. <laughs> Is anybody still listening to this right now? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You are. This is fun. Glad you had a fun time. Sorry you lost your gum. We will have to send you a new piece. Tummy Feathers is a keeper and used a lot around the Longbox Crusade studios and chants. So, Clinty. Clinton Robinson. Robinson? Robinson replies, shut up. Also, thanks for letting me sound like walking. I could only be so clashy in reality. (laughs) He always says shut up for some reason. (laughs) Uh, And then Pat Sanson replies, no problem. Thanks for leaving comments for us to read back. Who would you like your voice to be for the next comments and feedback? So Clinton replies, shut up. <laughs> Christopher Lloyd, Sean Connery, or Burgess Meredith, version of the Penguin. We're not sure which one you got, but... <laughs> uh, all right, thanks to everyone I'll take for the Sean Connery shares and comments. We appreciate your friendship and help in spreading the word about this podcast. And with that, that's the show. Be sure to check out the website, longboxcrusaderchronicles.blogspot.com, where posts will be made for journaling this crusade. I want to give a big thanks to Jared and Jason for joining me on this episode. Thank you, guys. No problem. Glad to have you here. My pleasure. Always fun and entertaining. But before we go, let's find out where can our listeners find you guys on the internet. Let's start with Jared this time. Oh, boy. Uh, if you would like, you can follow me on Twitter at Yard Sale Artist. Also on Facebook at Yard Sale Artist. If you want to hear some more of my podcasting, head over to the White Rocket Entertainment Network. You can find that on iTunes or Podbean. Uh, I co-host a few shows there. I have my own show, Comics with Normies. 
I co-host on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast, the Babylon 5 Rewatch, and the Quantum Leap Rewatch. If you're more interested in checking out my art, what's going on in my art career, go to either the Twitter or the Facebook. On both of those, the pinned tweet or pinned post, whichever one you're at, will have my upcoming art show appearances. I appreciate everybody's support, and I love chatting with you online, so hit me up. Jason, how about you? Well, I don't really have any artistic talent, but uh, I love to talk comic <laughs> books, and uh, I'd be happy to chat comic books with you or uh, James. Bond stuff or any of the Marvel movies, all those things that we're so passionate about on the Long Box Crusade. You can find me at Jason underscore Albrick on Twitter, Jason dot Albrick on uh, Instagram, and Jason Albrick. And now I will say Albrick is spelled just like it sounds A L B E R I C H, like Al B Rich. Uh, on Facebook. Looking forward to seeing you there. And like Jason, I am also not an artist as well, too, so I have to just live life vicariously through Jared. Mm, that's the saddest existence I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> it's all we got, man. Uh, it's all that's we all got. I got now. I feel I like, like I've let everybody down. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, if you want to find me, you can follow me on Twitter as at the Longbox Crusade, and also on Facebook, you can find at the Longbox Crusade there as well too. Uh, or you can find me individually under Pat Sampson. Come and give us a like, a share, a tweet, recipe, a Facebook <laughs> a recipe. All that kind of fun stuff. Interact with us. We love to interact back with you guys as well, too. Keeps it fun and exciting. And who knows? Maybe we'll even have you on the show, I think, too, if you want to. You want to be a part of this fun? Let us Let's know. Let us know. We are hiring. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> right. We'd be glad to have you. We're looking for some artists. Hey, what? <laughs> to no, seriously. We like to interact with you guys, so please come and talk to us. <laughs> You're lonely. Friends. So We're lonely. so lonely. <laughs> oh. So, you got a question or a comment on this? Email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com or leave a comment on the Longbox Crusade Facebook or Twitter page. So, until next time, take care and please join us for the next episode as we continue on the crusade to read them all. Read them all. Read them all. <laughs> hey! Hey! We're getting there. What's in your longbox? <laughs> What was that? Rumor man. Just got him for Song clips and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We make no money on this podcast, and it is for entertainment purposes only. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Outtakes. Hello. 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 Oh, you win. You win. I am the asshole. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, of course you are. (laughs) (laughs) Hurtful. Anyways, (laughs) I have a long-standing, and tonight proves it, theory that computers will do everything they can to screw you. (laughs) You know, you got to throw in the uh, Terminator theme there, right, Pat? (laughs) In the year 1999. (laughs) Oh, Lordy. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. I'm going to be near Larry Hammer and, and Matt Fraction. You know, Mr. Uh, Ooh, yeah, Mr. Uh, Iron Fist, as I know him. Yeah, he had a nice run on, um, on X-Men, too. Uncanny X-Men. I've only read a fraction of his work. <laughs> so you're saying about a quarter of it? <laughs> Hang on, Pat. I'm not done. <laughs> uh, I see you yeah. trying to work a bad math joke in there, though, Pat. Yeah, that's probably not it's working. Not, it, that's not the spot that for it, but you'll get there. <laughs> that Delvin. So he retweets, but he doesn't like yeah, the, that Delvin. He retweets us, but he doesn't like it. That sounds all right. (laughs) And then he comments on it, too. Two great covers. Delvin. Delvin. If I hadn't run out of time, though, I was going to totally do uh, all the voice cuts you would need to put together a Chubbins and Sweetums audio (laughs) preview. And I was like, I even plotted it out. I was like, I'm going to do the captain is going to be done as Christopher Walken and Chubbins is going to be played by Connery. Chubbins. And, and, oh. No, Chubbins and Sweetums were going to be Connery and Walken, and the captain was going to be my um, my Bryant Gumble. Bryant Gumble as the captain. Oh, let's and I do was it. Gonna, and I was going to do I was going to do all the voices. I was going to do like voice trailer guy. I was going to be like in a world where we need cops, you know. Yeah. Oh, be, Sweetums, what happened? <laughs> you can shave your shawries for that little girl. <laughs> oh, I think everyone's going to have you? to pay. <laughs> I was going to do all these stupid little taglines. You know, Brian Gumble as the chief. All right, um, sweetums, uh, I'm going to need your badge. Can I need your gun? Okay. <laughs> your loose cannon. Uh, I was, that's, that was my plan, and I haven't ruled it out. How can I, I be thought, sure she wasn't a hooker? <laughs> you, you, can edit, you, can edit in, <laughs> you can edit in like gunshots and sirens and <laughs> however you want to do it. <laughs> That would be a good thing for the uh, Crusader crack-ups. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I mean, I don't mind getting everybody else involved. I was just so bored. I was like, I guess I could do all the voices. Let's <laughs> go through it. I actually wrote some stuff down. That's how bored I was. And then I was like, oh, crap, I'm almost out of time. I got to get out of here. Yeah, that would be kind of fun. They put one of ours in a hospital. I put one of theirs in the morgue. <laughs> yes, I was actually thinking That's about the how the was- way. <laughs> I was thinking. I was honestly thinking about how I was going to spin that. <laughs> I was thinking like I was thinking like uh, they bring a fruit roll up, I bring a Twinkie. That's the Chubbins way. <laughs> oh, man, that would be fun. Do that with Chubbins. 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 You loose cannon, man. You tell it to that little girl. <laughs> oh man, that would be fun. You guys, I've uh, had the uh, had the mayor uh, crawl up my ass all day. <laughs> you still have a little <laughs> left, chief. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
<laughs> little Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> I'm trying to. I had. I even picked somebody oh. out. Oh, I was gonna do and Bad Jack Nicholson as the villain. <laughs> yeah, I'm Bad Jack Nicholson. We should just do. Um, somebody could script it out. Just take you know, take these different movies and just do bits from you know, one, once an episode or whatever, and just do. Okay, we're gonna do Beverly Hills Cop this time. Next and time is gonna be some other one, or you know, next time is gonna be a uh, Lethal Weapon, or you know, different stuff like different cop movies. <laughs> and Nick Nolte is the informant. Mumbles. I don't know, Bruce. I remember. I can't understand a word the man said. <laughs> <laughs> I just gotta get them burst down by the girl. Chubbins. We're running out of time. <laughs> Give me three months alone with them, Chubbins. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to see this movie now. <laughs> Let's play good cop, Scottish cop. <laughs> <laughs> You ask him questions, I'm going to drink the scotch. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's it. (laughs) Question away. (laughs) I think you've got all the sound bites you need now. (laughs) Add in the gunshots and the car chase sound effects. (laughs) (laughs) Do you really like my wife's cooking? (laughs) No. (laughs) No. In a world where Hostess Cupcakes rules. <laughs> so basically, we just do all these shows, movies that we you know, we just do them in Sean Connery's voice, yeah. Christopher Watkins. Chubbins is a bad cop, right? And Sweetums is a good one? Or I'm not sure vice yet. Vice versa. <laughs> Figured out. I think it's bad cop, bad cop. <laughs> Sweetums. <laughs> oh, should we do the show? We do the show. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't, don't even go any further. I sent him the email. <laughs> of course you did. Did you send me a text? I said you sent me an email. <laughs> did you get a certified letter? <laughs> no, I did not follow the protocol. I am sorry. What do you guys want to do? You want to do something? Do it live. Let's go. Do it. Do it. All right. We can do it. We can do it. We can do it. Oh, man. It's too long. It's too long. Uh, <laughs> it's all downhill from here. Yeah. Let's get uh, Amazing Spider Man. Let's see what we got here. Or am I singing BTO? <laughs> Let it roll. Which is funny because I have no idea what the lyrics are up to that point. I'm making this up as I go along, stringing and stringing and singing the song. <laughs> Let it roll. <laughs> Let it roll. <laughs> Down the highway. That's the only part I know. <laughs> Woo. Woo. <laughs> roll, roll, roll. <laughs> That's the only part you need to know. This is Crusader Chronicles. It's kind of short. Listen to Longgrass Crusade if you want some more. <laughs> Jason's had a lot of cotton candy today. Yeah, boy, someone's a, someone's a little. Lady roll down the highway. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's do this. That's the thing is, I want to, I want to get some out just to get them out, but I don't want them to be crappy either. Well, if you don't want them to be crappy, we could always kick Jason off the show. <laughs> Are you kidding? Like class this thing up. 
<laughs> he may be right. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he, he speaks intelligently whether you and me are like, kind of get through those a little quicker sometimes. sometimes. I don't know. We're going on three hours right now. <laughs> now I just want to explain out. how I got all the thinking then. I, I wrapped up my I wrapped up my um, my summaries really quick, and then Pat King coming in with like, who would win in a fight, Jared or Jason, and who would <laughs> who's this guy, and who's this I guy? Know. So this wasn't me this time. I just want to bring no, that, I know bring that. it's me. Still, let's blame. Let's still blame Jason. Yeah, I'm still gonna get blamed for this mess. I know I am. Yeah, that was a tough one. I mean, that was that, not yeah. a lot of places for us to go on such a, a kind of a downer story. Yeah, we did our best with it, but yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. that was that was a bummer. I, mm, it it just really bothered me that the silliness of the the gunman on that thing just compared to the seriousness of guy trying to save his daughter. <laughs> You know, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. yeah, it's like it's like Lynn had this good idea, and I, I just think he didn't have enough time to to craft it. Or it might go back to what Delvin talked about. You know, when you're your own editor, <laughs> you know, if you had an editor, someone might have said, you know, hey, you got to punch up these villains if you're going to go serious with this story. You know, type of deal. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, liked yeah. it though. I mean, I liked the concept. I thought thought the concept was was good, but it was. Uh, I'll tell you one thing too that I really liked. We didn't talk about it in there. Was the main bad guy that was blackmailing the dude when he kills the bird? Was there anything more like just I don't know? It's just dark and and what a great way for Linda have sent that message about how how serious the situation was and how much danger his daughter was in. I thought that was mm-hmm. that was a brilliant piece of writing as opposed to just threatening. That the visual of him killing that bird was was uh, I thought I thought that would that was a brilliant piece of writing right there. Yeah, it's definitely good storytelling. I'll let you know this is a bad person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then when it, when it comes to whether or not he's going to give back the daughter or not, you're like, oh man, this this guy's a little yeah, a little crazy. I'd still like to know who's behind who's telling him to do the work. Yeah, I was wondering that too. If maybe that was part of the mysterious guy storyline or something. I, I'd so I, I don't know if we're going to continue on with this in the next issue or not. But it's your it's your screamed yeah. filler issue to me. I I don't know, but I, I I haven't read past it, so I don't know. Me neither. So hopefully we'll find out. Yep. Cool. Well, maybe I'll use that little segment and put it in. Yeah, you can cover up some other stuff with it. <laughs> I was going to say, you can cover up the rhubarb part. <laughs> Do you guys want to, anybody want to need a break? I'm good. I'm okay. I'm okay. All right. Well, I do. So. All right. Well. You so it's more like a take break. a break. Yeah. <laughs> take a break. Then smoke them if you got them. It's all brand new. You'll feel it in my kiss. I'm crazy for you. Crazy for you. Should we get going? Whoop, whoop. Let's do it. Let's do it live. Do it live. Do it live. Have yeah, we. No, yeah, no, no, no. We've yeah. recorded this. Yeah, yeah, we did. It was on the last episode. 
uh, Forever gets credit for the X-Men, X-Men Forever, blah, 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 yeah. blah. Yep. Yeah, we've done this one. And then, Jason, was there something missing? Yeah. Nope, yep. We've done yeah. all this. Oh, really? We've done all those on the last episode. You should you should tune in and give it a listen, Pat. It's good stuff. Yeah. Oh, maybe I did. Maybe right. the last one about um, it has gotten to the point where I'm literally hearing that is a prescription for danger. Is that was on the last episode, too? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it then it was. Mm-hmm. All right, you know what? You know what? I screwed up here. What? This is this is this is my total screw up. <laughs> you gave us the wrong one, didn't you? Yes, I did. All right. Damn it! Thanks again, guys. <laughs> oh, oh that's man, right, boy. Delvin works so hard. Man. <laughs> I'm such a thunderhead. Well, it's just a pope in a pool, dude. It'll be all right. Step up back in the pool and let's move on. I'm such a thunderhead. <laughs> thunderhead. I love it. Is any of that, gonna, you know, is any of that taping or is all of it crap? This is the, the beginning's fine. We can get names. This is the danger of doing it live. <laughs> Nobody's really going to know if the names are the same or wrong. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's like Bob, it's like Bob Euchard in, uh, in, in the, oh, the, the baseball movie. Uh, what Major League. Yeah. Ah, nobody's listening. <laughs> nobody's listening anyway. <laughs> it's too high. It's too it. high. <laughs> too hard. <laughs> Perfect, fellas. All right. right. And we're out. We're like a well-oiled machine that makes poop.